Love Talk Radio. Another edition of Sports Tonight. Another just got back from the hockey game. Lightning was leading two nothing in the third period, and, and one of our guests would be coming on to talk more about. I'd like to welcome our legends. First off, Slash Jersey, Slash Sarasota, Mr. Don Henderson. 
Aaron Hotlent and Mr. Roger Hendler, and also Mr. Roy Cummings, a legend in Tampa Bay, and then in Spinning the Dolls down in Sarasota Way, Mr. Frank Carroll. Gentlemen, good evening. Frank, you got a, you got a tribute tonight. Who dedicated the show tonight? Yeah, Tommy, unfortunately, yeah. again this week we're going to start the show on a, a very sad note. Uh, a young yeah. man, 33, 32 years old, father of two, um, husband, father, brother, and one of my brothers is, uh, was hit by a, a drunk driver uh, putting out st- stop sticks to try and stop the guy from uh, from uh, making a mayhem. He was going the wrong way on a very busy highway. Uh, instead of he, he passed out just before he hit uh, Officer Mike Malik from the um, um, Pinellas County Sheriff's Office. Uh, Deputy mm. Alec was uh, pinned to pinned to his car and was uh, unfortunately pronounced at the scene. Um, as I said, he was 30 years oh old. Um, he wow. had a five-year-old and a uh, nine-month-old. Um, oh. I know uh, uh, Sheriff Galtieri is listening tonight, and uh, Bobby did a great job yet yesterday. We're sorry for your loss. And we're sorry for the family's yes. loss. Yes. As we are. That's Absolutely. Sad. That's very sad, guys. You know, I'll tell you, you should never know. You have to take every day, uh, day by day, and uh, you just That's hope it. that uh, through it, this poor young man, uh, it's awful. I mean, it's awful. What can you say? We've had That's far right. too many of those guys in our uh, in our community here in Florida the last few weeks. Frank, I mean, you know it as well as anybody. We just Seems like uh, almost every other week now, or every month, we're at the, at the worst or the best. I guess uh, we're 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 saying goodbye to another uh, police officer somewhere killed in the line of duty. It's just it's, uh, it's been a been a rough rough run here in this in this state for sure. Maybe other places as well. Yeah, let's hope right that it gets a lot better in the future because it it's really uh, the entire year has been a disaster. So. This just adds to oh. it, and all we can do is hope for the very, very best of the future. Yes, we we have to. We have to. It's just terrible. Like these these people can't travel back from the hockey game. You know, I'm going down to 75, and people are going 90, 100 miles an hour in 75, and going to the hockey game. I was followed by a state policeman. I was going to speed limit, and waved to him. He waved back to me. He says, "With a thumbs up." <laughs> He's doing the speed limit. Well, Tommy, give us the thumbnail sketch of the game. You were there, so uh, give us a little uh, eyewitness report. Okay. Well, Vavileski came up big several times. The Lightning third, the third line, it's been spectacular, Don, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. The rookies are bringing up, you know, they're bringing up Coleman. They're bringing up all these rookies. And just like, it's just like a a well-ordered machine that they're doing. They're doing the job and they're throwing in the parts of a of a great machine right now. And I I credit the John Cooper because Cooper just putting these guys in, throwing parts, and they're doing a great job on and off the ice representing. And I left in the first period, and the chief says hello to you. <laughs> yeah, I know Chief's going to join us a little bit later on in the show, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> But uh, I'll tell you, right now it's a three-team race at the top. I mean, they're, they're, they're really the best division in, in hockey. 
I, I think the Flyers in the better division. You got Pittsburgh. You got all the. And, and here's a note from hockey right now, guys. Montreal, Claude Giroux, who was he was a good coach for Montreal, and I, you know, I always liked them dealing with them, and they they fired him because the record. And check their record; it's not that bad at all. A lot of good young talent: Terry Price, Brendan Gallagher, and they, and the Axe guy. So things things have happened in Montreal. They want Montreal to be first place in the Stanley Cup every year. It's a tough, tough team to play. It's a tough team to play. Play, you know. Um, you're part of them. Another big game tonight, the Rangers and Flyers are playing, and, and I know that uh, mm-hmm. Rogers probably following out. I'm watching the South Florida Temple game right now, and, and uh, so uh, let's get Roy in here. Let's talk about the news yes, of the sir. day, and I guess first and foremost would have to be uh, Tiger Woods. We all have to hope that uh, mm-hmm. Tiger wow. Woods is going to come through this thing. Uh, I don't say unscathed because it's going to be difficult for him. We don't know enough about the operations. We don't know enough about what actually happened. But uh, right. we're now, what, uh, almost 24 later, almost 36 hours uh, after the crash, having 7-12 uh, yesterday morning. And we haven't gotten all the details yet. But all we yeah. do is talk about uh, Tiger Woods and the hope that, especially this week, because uh, the concessions right here in Sarasota is, yeah. is handling the PGA Tour uh, event. So, uh uh, there's going to be a lot of conversation here in Sarasota uh, because all the big players are here. All the big players are talking about it. And uh, it, it's just a sad note for Tiger. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, there was a lot of optimism about and hope that he was going to be at the Masters this year. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe even Bay Hill. And uh, now, obviously, that none of that's going to happen. It's, we may never see him on the golf course again, at least not in a, comp- in a competitive fashion. Uh, I suppose if there's good news coming out of this, um, well, first of all, the fact that he's alive is the best news. And let's not forget, he's got a family to take care of. He's got two young kids. Um, Mm -hmm. The young, you know, son is really getting into golf now, which, uh, you know, I hope this doesn't derail that for him in some way, Uh, you know, take away the opportunity to play with his father. But um, uh, I guess some good news, actually. I mean, the initial reports were talking about multiple compound fractures, and we thought both legs were affected. Um, but it turns out that I, I think they only did surgery on one leg, the right leg, and uh, there was, obviously was a, 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 a smashed ankle, which that's going to be an issue too. But, uh, you know, and again, we don't know the details, but it doesn't sound as if the injuries were as bad as first feared. Um so, you know, that's not a bad thing. That, that's, that's probably a good thing. We, again, we still don't know details, so it's still too early to say that, you know, anything uh, real uh, positive is, is coming from this. But um, the, the, less, the less information, well, not the, the more information we get about less injuries, the better, I would think. So yeah. uh, we don't know the, the degree of those injuries, and uh, we won't, you know, it'll be a while now, I think, before we, we really find out what uh, what Tiger's up against, but uh, you know, it, it's tough at his age. But just mm-hmm. to come back from something like that, I would think. But uh, he's an exceptional athlete, so I'm certainly not counting anything out. Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter today kind of mention that hey, uh, if Alex Smith can do it after the injury he suffered, um, maybe Tiger Woods can do the same. So uh, you never know. It's uh, we, we we just have to hope and, and pray, you know, for, for Tiger's sake yeah. and his family, uh, number one. But, uh, you know, for the game of right. golf, too, it's, uh, they, it's, it's lost a tremendous competitor, that's for sure. 
Hey, Roy, wouldn't it be the same thing as Ben Hogan back in the 50s? He got in a car accident, and he, and he made a comeback, Don Roger and Frank, at Marion to try to go back to the U.S. Open up first. So I'm related to this injury. Same thing with Ben Hogan's car, car accident to Tiger Woods. So if Ben Hogan can make it back, Tiger Woods can make it back, play competitive golf. Yeah, when Ben well, Hogan that, was first the injured in that accident, they, they said he'd never walk again. So you, you're exactly exactly. right, Tommy. Uh, this was uh, yeah, right from the outset. I uh, got caught in that fog and hit the truck, and, and they thought it's all over for Ben Hogan, but he didn't give up. He oh. just kept, kept coming back, coming back, coming back until he started winning tournaments again. Mm-hmm. And you know what, guys? I mean, that's let's face it. That's uh, that's Tiger Woods all over. I mean, look at all the times that. And as much as he's won, as successful as he's been, I mean, if anybody uh, could be justified, considering the injuries he's dealt with over the last, you know, five ten years, if anybody could be justified in saying, "Hey, you know what? I gave the game everything I had, and uh, I just don't have it anymore." It's, you know, it would be Tiger Woods, but even through the back surgeries, the multiple back surgeries, and the other yeah. issues that he's dealt mm-hmm. with. You know, he keeps fighting back to play the game. And mm-hmm. um, you got to think that he's going to fight back on this, too. Uh, one thing we know for sure is that uh, he is going He is going to – he's probably already had the best surgeons that, that, that were available in, in the area at the time. Uh, in Los Angeles, you're going to have some of the best in the, in the country and uh, arguably best in the world. Uh, so he had that going for him. And you know for a fact that he's going to have the absolute best trainers and rehab specialists uh, involved uh, working with him on a daily basis. So you're right. If anybody can uh, can make a comeback from this, it would be Tiger Woods. Well, right. I think you hit. If anybody's got I think you hit it on. It, it's probably him. I think you hit it on the nose when you said, uh, you know, originally we were very very concerned it was much more serious than, and not that we're saying it's not serious now, but really thought it was a lot more serious. But two things out of this one. Uh, what really saved him, he had the seatbelt on because the car rolled over, and uh, that was a that was a lesson to everybody that uh, that decided to put their seatbelts on. And number two, the thing you just touched on, uh, we're not going to know. I don't think he just finished his fifth uh, spinal operation, and uh, rolling over three times and a, and the safety belt and all the rest of it, uh, you, you never know uh, how the spinal column came out. So we're really going to have to wait on all of that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, there's there's no reason speculating, but uh, we can all just hope that he's going to be able to, to fight back from this. You know, hey, at this point, uh, to me, uh, I think the number one thing you, you hope and pray for is that he can at least go back to living a normal life and being a father to his kids right. Uh, right. and a husband to his wife. Um, if he can be yeah. do that on a normal basis, um, you know, that that would be that's got to be goal number one. Uh, it can't be about playing golf and uh, competing again. Uh, those, those are secondary uh, objectives, and, you know, let's hope he can get to them. But, um, number one, let's hope he can just uh, live, live a normal life again after this because exactly. you're right, that back has been uh, an Hey, Roy, you, you, had, and, uh, you had a great – I think you had a, I had a great analogy with the uh, Alex Smith situation uh, because, I mean, there is a guy, what was it, 14 to 17 operations, they thought they were going to be amputating his leg. And he came back and played in the NFL and won some games. But I'm thinking about Tiger. You know, it may be a blessing in some ways. Uh, like you said, with the son, I think he's 11 years old and he's quite a golfer. He may wind up being his son's uh, high school golf coach. Who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, 
you know, I, I don't know about you guys, and I know there's a lot of great swing coaches out there, but boy, oh boy, uh, I, I think I'll take Tiger showing me how to play the game, just like his dad showed him. Uh, he's exactly. got some magic, so uh, no doubt about it. We could uh, maybe it's uh, won't be long before we'll be uh, we'll be looking at Tiger Woods Jr. I'm not sure what his name is, but looking at uh, Tiger's son and uh, seeing how if, if he can compete on the tour that that would be uh, that would be a lot of fun to see that happen. Well, I'll tell you one thing about it was uh, we stay with the golf for just a moment. Concessions here in Sarasota, uh, very fortunate enough to get the uh, tournament for those folks across the country that are listening. Uh, this tournament was supposed to be played in Mexico, but because of not only the uh, the virus, but also the fact that you can't go back and forth across the, the border and, and so forth, none of the professional players could go. And uh, concessions here, which was designed by Jack Nicholas and Tony Jackman, and the name of the, the uh, of course, concessions is based on the fact that Jack conceded, uh, uh, which was a tie, and, and the United States remained with the cup. But uh, everybody's here in Sarasota. The great players are, are all within uh, 15 miles of us. And it's going to be a terrific weekend. It's going to be a great weekend for the folks all around this area because uh, NBC's already said they're going to bring some plays in to cover uh, uh, all parts of Sarasota, whether it's uh, Longville Key, whether it's uh, Siesta Key, whether it's downtown Sarasota whether it's just the concessions golf course, which they consider to be one of the five best in the United States. And so it's going to be a big, big, a big, big boost for the area, for Sarasota area this weekend. It's a big opportunity for Sarasota, Don, because, um, you know, it hasn't been a, a part of the regular tour and right. uh, it's not a stop. Uh, Tampa is, um, you know, obviously for the Valspar tournament, but, you know, it's kind of been a minor tournament because it's always been kind of stuck between Bay Hill and, uh, and the Masters, so you know it's there's usually a little bit of, but maybe this one when you put, consider it where it's going to go on the calendar now, um, there's a chance that this could become a, a big tournament. Uh, so big opportunity for Sarasota to get itself on the on the PGA map here. Um, you know that would be uh, that'd be great for the area. You're right, because it, it is it's an absolutely gorgeous golf course, and and you know what it's going to be interesting because it's a new course for a lot of these guys. Um, some right. of them have played there, but uh, the majority probably have not. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good test of these players to see. Uh, you know, it's a good test of the golf course too. You know, how do they get it uh, PGA ready? Um, and uh, so this, there's a lot uh, lot going on here. So you, you know, you got to hope that uh, the golf course yeah, is they, in Sarasota, which you know is going to do well, and uh, yeah, how, they, how the players they, play it. Yeah, they had to do it in they had to do it in six weeks. Tournament, Don. Uh, Tommy, Frank, and will you fellows be attending the uh, tournament this weekend? No, they're not giving out the uh, you know host of you know uh, you know we're on the fringe of the of the uh, uh, sports business, and uh, they're only the only people that are covering it, and also going to be very few people at the uh, at the event itself, as far as fans are concerned. I I think I heard six hundred where they were going to allow in uh, plus the members of the club and just going back to what Roy said quickly uh, uh, the president of the concessions it's a private club and has already said that uh, you know they've been striving to get an event like this but they don't want to be on a regular beat they said they'd, uh, they, they would be more interested in taking a tournament maybe every three years or every five years uh, they don't want to disrupt their club members in 
uh, you know, February uh, because of the cost of uh, what they what they pay to belong there. And uh, so they right. don't want to, they're very happy to have this one, but they don't want it every year. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I can't because well, look, yeah. look at the you know, cause look at the prestige Sarasota's getting right now. It's been a great stop in the in the winter circuit. I remember when Rowan Green had the ladies open in '76. The members were squawking about having the, the ladies open, and I said, I said several times to these members, why squawk? Just play someone else for a week ago to beat Rowan Green's prestige to have the '76 ladies open there. And these guys start squawking again. I just walked away from these guys are idiots. But when you have a prestigious like what Sarasota's been on national TV. August sites of Sarasota, and that's that, you know, great weather for the golf event. That's going to be great for people going to go down to Sarasota and play that golf course and go down and maybe buy a place on the golf course or in Sarasota County in Brady tonight. That's a great marketing tool, what, what you, the golf is going to bring this weekend. Yeah, but what's the cost to be a member of that club? Tommy? I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's, it's the, a lot. Uh, the bond, the bond it's a lot. In. Right, Roy. The bond to get in is fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's your bond, well, and then you have you uh, your upkeep, and uh, mm. it's it's uh, runs around ten thousand dollars a year just to belong. But you got to <sighs> give them fifty thousand bucks up front. You're kidding me. Yeah, and and that's that's why members, you know, not not every club is like the Augusta National, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's a whole different uh, ball game. Uh, you know, because I told, I've told i told the story before about my nephew works for Intersport in Chicago, and they have a, a lot of their sponsors. And if you ever go there, uh, there's a place called the, uh, what is it, Double Eagle or Triple Eagle across the street that the owner of Intersport owns for his uh, clients, mm-hmm. CBS, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, the first time when he decided to, to uh, do this, he called up the uh, masters for a, a recommendation. They said, "Hey, listen, we're not in that kind of business. We're a golf club, a members club only." You know, so so I mean, you ha- you look at things a little differently when you've had an inv- you have an investment into that club because you're going to lose yeah. a long period of time while they set up for TV and everything else. Oh, that's, that's see, that's the problem. That's exactly why Concessions doesn't want to do it every year. Uh, because sure. it's not like Ball Straw, which has tournaments each year, but they have mm-hmm. 36 holes. So you're not you, your right. members can still play. Here, you, you uh, you're shutting down uh, the entire week for the pro am and the tournament, but you're also shutting right. down for, to get the the golf course ready to play on for a, a PGA mm-hmm. tournament. So it, you're taking a lot sure. away from the members. Exactly. The, yeah. Because I think Augusta National uh, really uh, is open only a, a, a few weeks a year, okay, uh, mm-hmm. for everybody, members, whomever. Because I know guys that have played it uh, that have gone over, you know, with a member. But And I think, it, Don, you know more about that even than me. I think it's like, uh, what, two weeks in advance and two weeks after, something like that, because they want to protect the, the turf and everything else. The only time you really get on, Roy's probably been up there too. The only time you really get on if you were covering the event the following Monday after the tournament, uh, the media's allowed to play. Uh, but yeah. the, you know, you you don't go to Augusta National with the idea you're going to go in and play. 
you know, you have to be invited <laughs> by a guest. And, and uh, mm-hmm. the other thing is that whatever their expenses are, that you know, that's like uh, Frank just said, ten thousand uh, for your yearly expense. But uh, there, they just split it up, whatever it is. I mean, they don't they don't worry about how much it is. It's just whatever the idea you're. Uh, how much money you need, and then he split it up between the members. Yeah, well, I remember the uh, the Athens chapter of the National Football Foundation at their scholar-athlete banquet I would turn 10 to one year. Mike Tarico was the MC, and uh, I think he did it gratis because he said that he was going to be playing the next day at the, uh, Mass, at the Augusta National. That mm. was what it got him. This is when he was with ESPN, obviously. Right. Right. Exactly. Hey, Roy, I'll take Tampa Bay Golf and Country Club any day. <laughs> well, that's, that's certainly my speed. Uh, it's not yours. You're, 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 you're better than that course, but uh, that's my speed. That's for sure. Roy, especially that 10th hole when those birds came across. Well, Roy, you may remember uh, uh, last year you, you were touching on the course at uh, – they play a lot in Tampa. You may remember uh, your, your point was exactly right. A lot of players skipped that one because of uh, the schedule beyond there. But last year, if you remember, almost everybody did play because it was a very significant tournament for a lot of the players. They had to play in order to uh, to be a part of looking whether they were going to go to the Masters, whether they were going to, where their points were. So last year was, a, if I remember correctly, was very successful. Yeah, they're they're getting they're drawing more people, and because you know a lot of the young players, uh, you know that are that have come up over the last few years have played the tournament and done well there, and you know the word's getting around that hey, first of all, it's it's, it's a class course. I mean, it's a great course, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and the tournament, you know, is a tournament that can be won because you're not drawing. Uh, you haven't uh, drawn, you know, a, basically like an all-star cast. I mean, you're not getting every one of the top 25 or 30 golfers out there. Uh, you're getting maybe half of that group at best. Um, so I think some some of the people are looking at it as if to say, hey, this is a chance to go out and win a tournament. And it counts towards, you know, the championships. And, uh, you know, if you want to play it again, if you want to, you know, com- uh, qualify for some of the, uh, you know, for to the uh, the points uh, right. title, you know it's part of that. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason for uh, you know golfers who aren't consistent winners, you know, for the, the non-Dustin Johnsons and uh, those types uh, to go out there and play. And I think just as they've played, they've come to realize that it's a really good course. It's a great weekend. Uh, they do a tremendous job of putting on the, uh, the the tournament, and it's an opportunity to win because you know you're not going up against. Uh, uh, lefty and uh, and some of these over the course of the past few years that's been the case you've got a chance to win because uh, the top players have not always been there well, Roy what else is going on in the championship city I mean uh, the Lightning are in a three way battle up there at the top uh, uh, anything new uh, with the Bucks? anything new uh, in, in, with the Rays uh, you're right there on top of it every day uh, what's going on in, in Tampa yeah, I'll tell you, right now, uh, Lightning uh, playing, I'd say, their best hockey of the season. Uh, Tommy uh, gave a pretty good analysis of the game tonight. They uh, they win uh, 3 nothing with an empty net goal at the end, uh, but 2 nothing against Carolina, which is really a tough team and uh, playing very well themselves. Uh, so Lightning playing, I'd say, their best hockey right now. 
Uh, Tampa Bay Rays are uh, in spring training, just starting. It's, uh, the full squad just got there yesterday, and uh, first workout was today. So, um, you know, and the Bucks getting ready for a free agency. That's really the big story here is, you know, typically, uh, you know, you get into March, and despite the fact that spring training's going on and hockey's raging, uh, NFL always seems to take uh, center stage, and it has again because uh, right now the Buccaneers are uh, trying to make some tough decisions on what they're going to do uh, in free agency, they've got a uh, tough, you know, couple of guys that uh, could break the bank for them. They've got a franchise tag that they're probably going to end up using, uh, possibly on Shaq Barrett. Some th- people think it could go to Chris Godwin. Um, I, my guess is they will use it. Uh, I think they're going to try to sign those guys to long-term contracts uh, instead of using that tag. Um, but right now, um, Mike Greenberg and uh, Jason Light, uh, Mike Greenberg's their cap guy, they got uh, they got some work ahead of them. They they want to keep these guys. They feel they can keep five of their six primary premium free agents. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, there, in fact, there even there's even some talk about extending Tom Brady. So uh, obviously they feel like he can play another uh, three four years. So uh, we'll see where see where it goes. But right now um, they're trying to get their their house in order to make another run at that Super Bowl. <clears throat> Well, yeah, Mike's on the line ready to join us too, and uh, uh, Roy, once again, great, uh, great opportunity for the first half hour. We got into a lot of difficulties we don't normally talk about. It. Going back to that Carolina game the other day, won four to two, and uh, they don't win in Carolina very often. So that was a very big win going from two two to win at four two. And uh, Victor Hedman had a great post game show uh, interview after that game. But uh, look forward to next week, Roy. Thank you very, very much, and. Let's uh, let's bring Mike in because Washington's right in the Roy, middle of the battle Roy, too. Thanks, Troy. Be, be safe, Thanks, Roy. Roy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it as always. Take care, Mike. Yes, sir. How's it going? Good. How are you, Mike? Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll let Roger. Talk. We'll let Roger kick this one off. Roger, go ahead. Well, the. Uh, MLS soccer will be uh, uh, hitting the uh, turf pretty quick, Mike. And uh, how's it look? Are they going to get uh, training camps underway? Um, the teams can start training. Uh, I believe they can. They could have. They started training together on the twenty uh, sixth. So uh, the schedule for twenty twenty one hasn't come out. They're still looking at a late March, early April uh, sort of kickoff. Um, I haven't seen anything on uh, on the schedule other than the union and the teams that are involved in the uh, CONCACAF uh, Champions League, their, their tournament, uh, those first-round fixtures. So the, the uh, union have a team from Costa Rica that they'll play on the 7th. Um, so they're, they're underway. They're doing training locally right now. Uh, I believe the time frame to head down would be probably in the next two weeks. If they're going to head down to Florida, they would do it. Uh, I don't know whether or not how that's going to work. Uh, as far as any traveling plans and, and preseason games, I really haven't seen anything yet, but they are getting back in the training camp with an idea of starting the season on time now that there's uh, something that resembles uh, – Labor piece. Tommy? No, let us get back from the hockey game, Mike. Uh, Andre Babalewski looks, looks back to dynamite form as the Lightning defeated 
uh, Carolina three nothing up there, and that's this came back from the game. But you know, it was as I said before before he came on, John Cooper's making the right moves, but these youngsters going in different lines up there. About a year ago, Yanni Gord never heard of Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord's the second line or third line center. He got an assist tonight on the opening on one of the Lightning goals up there. This Yanni Gord reminds you of Marty St. Louis, always digging in the corners, always sending the puck, and of course the defenseman looks great. And now they play Carolina tomorrow night like a baseball back-to-back. And then the game I'm, I'm looking forward to in the worst way is going to be Dallas on Saturday night. It's the first time Dallas and Lightning have going to be playing each other since the, since the victorious Lightning won the Cup. That's going to be a great, that's going to be a great hockey game Saturday night in Tampa. Yeah, it sounds like it would be. I mean, you know, the Lightning – the one thing that I look at is the central division where the Lightning are in. Yet the Panthers are playing well. The Lightning are the defending champs. The uh, Hurricanes. Yeah. Um, but And the Blackhawks are probably overperforming. You look over at the exactly. East division, and those teams are just beating up on each other. And you're going to have to pick one out of the Bruins, the Caps, the Penguins, the Islanders, and the Flyers um, who aren't going to make the playoffs. Exactly. You know, what Carolina looked real good, you know, they still got Derek Stahl and a good, a good, good team coached by Rob Brindamore, but you got to give John Cooper credit. He's, they lose Kucherov at the beginning of the season, you got to give Coop credit for what he's done for these rookies coming in. And like the old form system, it's like, it's like a machine. You put the parts in the machine, the machine keeps on going. That's what John Cooper's doing with the Lightning right now. Next man Roger. up. Yeah, I just saw that uh, a game's been postponed due, uh, due to COVID. Uh, and I, I just uh, looked it up because I just flipped the uh, Flyers game on, and I didn't pick up what the teams were. Just said that uh, you know the game was postponed, so I'll have to check, check that when it uh, plays again. Hey, and Mike, uh, getting back to uh, your area. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot going on, uh, you know, with the Redskins and uh, the. the uh, uh, is there still any uh, t- talk down there uh, about uh, uh, the new name of the team, or is it going to be? Uh, will they wait till the new uh, NFL season starts, and then they'll uh, have a big press conference? Because there's also, uh, I heard today, uh, they what's the guy that owns Amazon? That he's uh, he Bezos. would like to buy the, yeah yeah that he wants to buy the uh, Washington football team. What do you what's the story about that? Anything that you know? Uh, the Washington uh, the, the Redskins the uh, Washington football team this week has had more drama than an NBC soap opera. They're making the bold and the beautiful <laughs> boring yeah. and blasé. Um, all of the stuff that you said, Roger, uh, it plays into it. Uh, there was an announcement earlier uh, on Monday that they would not be rebranding the team until 2022. So they put up a website that says whole new brand, all this stuff coming in 2022. So they're going to go through the 2021-2022 season with the Washington football team. As far as the mm. Jeff Bezos thing, the reason why we know that is actually – now, y'all going to have to follow me on this one because it, it, I'm not making this up. I promise you I'm not making this up. Um, the Bezos report comes out of court filings from a defamation suit that Dan Snyder has filed against um, Dwight Shar, the minority partner, in India. 
because of uh, Dwight Sharp reportedly going through a media outlet in India to put out allegations against Dan Snyder to try and force him to sell the team. Things like um, he was involved with Jeffrey Epstein and all this sort of stuff. So currently Dan Snyder is suing Dwight Shar both in Maryland and in India. And in those filings, it came out that Jeff Bezos had approached the investment bank from Baltimore, um, Mogan Associates, that the minority owners were using to broker the deal looking to buy 40% of the team. Now, Dan said no. He put the kibosh on that sale and has said that um, he, he's using his right of first refusal to deny, to keep the minority owners from, from being able to sell. Also in that was, uh, in those filings, were a report of 87 phone calls in between uh, Bruce Allen the former president of football operations and Jeffrey Moe, the owner of this investment bank that is selling the shares on behalf of the minority owner. Um, 87 phone calls over the course of 10 months that lasted an estimated two hours, in addition to emails and text messages that they reportedly say proved that Bruce Allen was involved in the attempt to dig up dirt on Daniel Snyder after he got fired from the Redskins. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, I, I doubt whether th- those accusations, even if they were true, is, it's going to have any effect on him and the National Football League. When you look well, at some of the stuff that has gone on with other owners over the years, we all know a lot of the sagas. The, you the other know, thing, though, the, the thing that you got to keep in mind, though, Roger, is that the report by uh, Beth Wilkinson on the sexual harassment suit that they started last summer, um, those results should be coming out, too. And a lot of people around here expect that, even based on the uh, settlement that they reached with cheerleaders, that there's going to be some sort of punishment. Now, we don't suspect that it will reach a threshold where – they will force um, Dan Snyder to sell the team. And there's a lot of uncertainty here um, as to whether or not the NFL could even really do that and compel. Nobody believes that they're going to do anything because all the stuff that's being alleged in that investigation is like 10 years ago. And if they force Dan Snyder to sell, despite the fact that they don't like him, um, you know, who's to stop them from going after Hazlitt, when he well, he's not even the owner of Cleveland anymore, but certainly um, Irsay up in uh, in Indianapolis has had more than his fair share of issues, and quite How publicly about the so. Mike? How about huh? the Patriots? The yeah. Patriots. Yeah, so nobody really thinks, but the idea could be that they might put pressure on him. Um, certainly Dan Snyder is not financially liquid enough to uh, buy the outstanding shares of the team. He owns 60% of the team. Most of his uh, net worth tied up in his ownership of the Washington football team. You know, the team's valued at uh, $3.6 billion. His personal net worth is estimated at uh, 2.6. If you take 60% of 3.6, that puts you at around 2.1. 
So it's highly doubtful that even if he wanted to, he actually has the capital to just outright buy it, which is what where the, uh, the Jeff Bezos thing comes in. He clearly wants to buy an NFL team. He's one of the few people on the face of the planet that has enough money to, no matter what the price of the team is, basically just write a check for it and not have to finance it, which is intriguing to league owners. They like that. They, they wouldn't mind, even though they may not be thrilled with uh, Bezos and the Washington Post, but having that connection to Amazon, especially when you're negotiating rights and streaming deals, might not be a bad thing. Um, but Even, Mike, that, like he made enough money in the last month to pay it. He doesn't have to worry yeah, about what, what, what he made before that. Just, just what he's made the last month, he can buy any team he wants to. Yeah, what he made in the last hour. You know, he can write a check for it tomorrow, and Dan says – he can go to Dan and say, name your price and write a check for it. And, you know, he's one of the few that could probably privately finance the stadium. And if he is able to get a minority share, I think it puts a lot of pressure on Dan. And it's a way to kind of, because who really thinks that Jeff Bezos is, is interested in being a 40% minority owner to Dan Snyder? Yeah, you know what? Back on the field Go ahead. My opinion is, okay, my opinion is number one. I don't. I'm surprised at uh, those numbers that you gave about Snyder, uh, Mike, because I always thought that where his money really was was in his media company, and that's where he had the foundation, financial foundation, to get the uh, Redskins originally. That's number one. Number two is look at what Bezos' ga- uh, game plan is, in my opinion. And it's all with the new TV contract coming up where there will be a a lot of uh, tie-in with Amazon, just like they have started to do at some of the games. You know, I think, uh, what was it, like a a Thursday night game? uh, Mm -hmm. It it wasn't on one of the networks. It was streamed. So you had to buy a membership into YouTube or whatever. That's, listen, that's what that guy's looking for. As soon as I heard mm-hmm. this, I'm thinking, oh, oh, wait a minute. We, I know what he's yeah. doing. He, he's setting himself up to, to control the uh, communications, the, the uh, broadcast in the future of a lot of the NFL. Mark my words. But, but just because it's obvious, Roger, doesn't mean it's not smart. Oh, I'm not <laughs> saying it's not smart. Okay, but who's going to be penalized? Okay, the uh, Pat Kerwin had a great point the other day on Sirius NFL Radio on their afternoon show with Jim Miller. His prediction is the NFL will lose ten, ten teams will lose ten percent of their uh, season ticket holders this year. Okay, even mm. if they are allowed to have a full capacity, why? because people have found other things to do and it's easier just to watch games at home. And what did we always say? It was going to become strictly a TV basic game. But Roger, your other point is well taken too, that they have, uh, in fact, the commissioner has said uh, for the last six months uh, that they are now going to distribute uh, the game broadcast to a lot of outside and, and base is just one of the ones. Amazon yeah. is one of the ones that is is making a bid, as you said, maybe I think you said the Thursday night game, and I think that's what I heard too. 
the Thursday night game is one of the ones they're talking about uh, because I guess right now uh, Fox is going to back off on Thursday and uh, they're going to, they're going to stream the games. And, and uh, so there's going to be a new player in town. And, and uh, once you get your foot in the door, no telling what you can do. Well, That's if right. you guys, exactly. Roger and Don, if you look at what they were reporting, they're looking for a hundred percent increase in right. the broadcast rights for hmm. the upcoming contracts. So we're in the middle of a, Pandemic and economic a sports downturn, financial downturn as a result of the pandemic. Only the NFL could turn around and go to these broadcast companies and say, "Yeah, we want 100% a season over the course of 10 years. We want to double it on you." And you know, even Disney balked at it and said, "No, we're not really in the mood to do that. That's ridiculous." And it is ridiculous. Oh. Okay, unless you go outside and start streaming it, and that's when you get people that have to buy a membership. I'll give you a perfect example because this just happened to me a couple of months ago. I had signed up and installed ATT TV, okay, which is all through your computer. And I wanted to watch a high school football game here on Georgia Public Television. They told me, oh, you're going to get all the local channels. Well, I, I'm trying to watch the game. I had to buy a YouTube membership to watch a game on one of the local channels on public broadcasting. That's ridiculous. And that's, that's ATP TV. So that's, it's just going to be costing you more and more money. Well, that, if they've you want been doing game. that for years with soccer. I think it costs on average something like – $40 a month if you want to pay to be able to watch all your team's uh, games being streamed. It's ridiculous. They've been doing that. But, you know, when you're not getting the advertising revenue, that's how you make it up. Oh, yeah. Well, I, well, I let's, let's go back on the field. Let's go back on the field for a minute, Mike. As, uh, you mentioned Smith. What, what is this? Uh, you know, it seems to me like it's sort of undetermined about what the quarterback position is going to be. I know they signed the kid that had what had a great one game in the in the uh, in the playoffs. But oh, what 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 is their feeling about Smith? What is their feeling about uh, you know what's going to really happen? There? Don, that that's just that's another part of the saga that I didn't mention was because there was also a GQ article with Alex Smith that came out, I believe, yesterday, where he point blank says that he threw a monkey wrench into the Redskins plans because under no circumstances did they want him to come back last year. And he really seemed to take it personal how he felt like he was treated unfairly by the team because they didn't support him enough in his comeback. Um, Ron has said like he's open to having him back. The problem is that he's got a, uh, $24 million cap hit for this season. Now, the Redskins have plenty of money under the cap. They're fine with that. But he has a $24 million cap hit. He's still 37 years old. He's still one season removed from a catastrophic leg injury. He wasn't the most mobile quarterback mm. to begin with. And so the Redskins are the, – the, the Washington football team is kind of just playing a waiting game right now. They, they of course, went in on um, Matthew Stafford. And that didn't work. They weren't able to get him. Uh, there's some thought that they could be interested in, in Sam Darnold. It's unlikely that they'll be able to draft one of the top quarterbacks from where they sit at 19 without giving up anybody. Um, they may, 
you know, take a look at uh, Cam Newton, who's a free agent. I think the, 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 the team is just kind of playing a waiting game right now. I would assume the re-signing of uh, Taylor Heineke for, to his deal, plus uh, Kyle Allen coming back, would basically mean that uh, Alex Smith is likely to be released and they'll do it with an after June 1st designation because they'll end up saving about $14 million by cutting him. And the only reason he was really playing last year was because Dwayne Haskins bombed, Kyle Allen right. got hurt. And so he, it was almost by attrition that Ron was forced to play him. He had a decent season. You know, he, it was great. He led him to those three victories, which were integral, and them winning the NFC East. But I don't think they believe that he is the, the guy to lead them any further than they went last year. I think they still believe that they're about, with Alex Smith, that they're at best a 500 team. And they're expecting the likes of the Giants and the Cowboys to improve. So 500 is probably not going to get you into the playoffs next year. And Ron wants to do something a little bit bigger. But if it if he's willing to work with them, which it doesn't seem like he is right now, um, to renegotiate his deal, he could be back. Otherwise, and if there's nobody else left out there that they can get who they want, then he could be back. But right now, if I had to bet, I would bet on somebody else being the quarterback of the Washington football team uh, other than Alex Smith. Well, I would the, hope the speculation right now is the speculation is right now that there are 18 quarterbacks, the most in, I think, 10 or 12 years, 18 possible changes at quarterback in the National Football League this year between the draft, trades, and everything else. 18, that's unbelievable. You've got these, you've got these ridiculous contracts, and I think that they're starting to figure out that, you know, these – that the, while the quarterback is valued, you know, you, you don't want to marry yourself to it. And some of those numbers could go up. Like, look, um, a lot of people are – it still remains to be seen how close this, this situation with Dak Prescott is down in Dallas. Like the fact right. that they still haven't gotten that deal done. Not close, no. Mike. You're exactly right. Not close. And, and he's not going to, they want him to take a less than market value deal. He wants his money. He probably should get it. And Jerry Jones even said that he has all the leverage in this. I don't know what they're thinking down there is. Well, here, here's a couple things on that. Number one, all Dak talks about is uh, he wants a piece of that uh, TV contract, that new TV contract that comes in in several years. As Charlie Weiss said today, uh, when the, uh, this morning with uh, Bill Leckis, hey, wait a minute. Uh, you're talking about the future. What about, about now and playing now to win now, not just thinking right. about what you're going to make in the future? That's a lot of bull. You know, we're, people are tired of hearing about this. And the other thing is, when you look at what the percentage is, because the, the cap is, what, about $180 million, right? And mm-hmm. then you look at a, at a quarterback getting 40, 40-some or $40 million even. And what a percentage that they were talking about, the players the Eagles have to get rid of to get the cap because they're like $50 million over the cap. And it's unbelievable. The, the good players, they're going to have to unload 
just to get below the cap. And that's why I think quarterbacks are going to be making less in the future be, just because of that reason, because it, it hurts the team from uh, being able to address a lot of other issues as a team, T-E-A-M. Mm-hmm. But they also, like, for some of them, this is, like, this is it. This is their one shot. And, you know, I can't begrudge somebody the fact that if you get a shot to make the money that you need to for to last you for however long, like, go out and get it. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I think you have to realistically, uh, if you want to have a, a really good team, you, uh, you can't invest in one one player uh, for a huge percentage of the cap. It, it, yeah, it, well, you're not going to be able to build a team. That's my just point. emphasize what you're saying, you. Roger. One of the reasons that the Patriots were so successful is. A player like Brady was willing to take less money and spread That's it right. later to give some cap room to, to the Patriots. And a lot of people, a lot of teams are doing that with specific players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dak doesn't want that from everything I've heard. He wants his money, and he also wants a bigger chunk after three years. He, he they offered him four years, I think, last year, and they, or of course they uh, uh, they they tied him up for this past year. Uh, and and now they probably are going to have to do it again, and he's going to get over forty million dollars. But that's not enough for him. And who knows if he's going to be able to come back from the injury? Who knows? Exactly. It's a question of big things. Go ahead, Tommy. Go ahead. Well, uh, so it's a big thing. These guys come back from you know from injury. Now the free agent, now the team of worries me. Is Indianapolis, right? Guess who they got? Carson Wentz, and who's the head coach? Frank Wright. And Frank Wright was the quarterback coach when Carson Wentz and also Nick Foles is there. And I think Indiana's a dark horse, maybe to, go, to win that division and win the AFC. If Carson Wentz has the MVP well, the, year, that's what I'm afraid of. I don't know. Frank may have heard this. I don't think Don and, and uh, Mike and, and Tommy, you have. Did you know the Eagles wanted to uh, fire Frank Reich after the first season of Doug Peterson? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So you th- I know, Frank, I know you knew this, okay? Yeah. And, and, and they, uh, uh, Peterson said no way. And, they, of course, you know, it's, and the rest is history. And now what are mm-hmm. they doing? They're hiring his uh, right-hand a man, a coach, to be the new head coach of the uh, Eagles. Isn't it amazing how that <laughs> totally inept Philadelphia Eagles ownership and general manager are so stupid to, you know, and it's strictly uh, what they think at that that uh, minute of the day and, and day of the month and, and month of the year. It's absolutely, that team is in shambles. Donna, you know, Frank and I have seen seen it for longer than anybody. I mean, you know, because of our age. And I got to tell you, we thought it was bad with Joe Kuharik. Joe must go. <laughs> these, these guys are oh, unbelievable. No. They're bad. Yep. Hey, Roger. Yep. Remember, well, I think remember one thing we've was... talked about on this show many, many times with everybody that's uh, been a guest on the show, as well as all of us, is that good teams start with administration. You have to right. have the right people up top. Look at the teams that win. Let's go back to Baltimore, the, you know, the Ravens. I mean, you look at the continuity of what they've yeah. been able to do. 
you look at the continuity with the. It's easy to take the Patriots because they've done it for such a long time. But I mean, that's how you win. You don't win by getting the players. You win by getting the right people up top. Mm-hmm. Thank you for and, saying and that. Not changing coaches every five minutes. Your Steelers have yeah. had three coaches in how many years? Several. About ten years, Roger. Think about it. No, ten. How about thirty? <laughs> Yeah. The 30s, yeah, 30 years. Listen, if Chuck Noll could still coach, he'd be coaching the team right now. They'd never fire him. Sure. Right. Exactly. Well, before we leave, Mike, the, uh, we, did, we did such a uh, – uh, what about the hockey? What about the hockey club? Because uh, we've talked about it all the way through the last few weeks and even before, that uh, they're in a win-now situation or they're in trouble. Is the win-now situation going to work for them? I, you know, it's about getting in the playoffs. Like I said to Tommy, with the Eastern Conference, you're going to have somebody, one of those teams is not going to make it. The, the uh, Caps have a pretty big couple of weeks coming up, and they have games largely around the teams close to them. You know, they, they have uh, they've played the Penguins for the fifth time this season last night. Uh, they have two against the uh, New Jersey Devils, who jumped up and uh, almost jumped up and bit them last night. They have two against the Rangers. So these next couple of games could, if they get seven, eight points out of them, uh, then, yeah, they could be sitting pretty. And not every game is going to be win or go home. But I think it's going to be tough. and they could be a really good team that doesn't end up making the playoffs because they're just, they're five playoff caliber teams in the Eastern conference. And they're just beating up on each other right now, day in, day out. Right. You want Crosby to get in in his last year before he retires. You want him to get the playoffs. You don't want him to go out at the end of the regular season. Well, you, you don't want them. I mean, you've got the Boston Bruins, who have been pretty much the best team in the conference all year. You, if you don't want uh, Crosby to go out, the Flyers are a pretty young, exciting team. They've got uh, Carter Hart, who everybody wants to see again in the playoffs, somebody who they think could be like the next big goalkeeper in the league and one of the faces of the league. Um, oh, yeah, and by the way, do you really want to have a playoffs without Alexander Ovechkin in it? Mm-hmm. That's right. I, I, well, I was making a comparison between you know, Vetskin and, and uh, Crosby. So, Tommy, go ahead. Well, I was, I was just thinking, you know, like the, you know, Crosby's plays 1,000th game, you know, Vetskin are getting up there, and so is Steven Stamkos. But like I said, that, you know, before, you know, John Cooper's doing a great job of filling these youngsters in there. Like, who never heard of Brandon Point two years ago? Brandon Point. You know, it's a super beginning superstar. This is going to be his team. Of course, you got Kucherov coming back, but I think the old, the old division, the Flyers, and that's the better division. Our division right now is Detroit, Florida. I mean, it's not a good division to watch for hockey up there. That's you know, you don't see. The thing I miss, what I'm trying to say, you miss seeing Ovechkin come in here. You miss Sidney Crosby coming here, Toronto, Boston, and Montreal coming here. And Mike, they much all fired their head coach, Carl Giroux, 
you know, for not having. I checked that record, Mike. He's over 500 at Montreal Firedom today. I don't know for, for what reason or not. So, but you have all the good teams in the. I think in the other division. Who wants to see Nashville? Who wants to see, you know, the Blackhawks? I mean, you want to see, you know, I've just seen Carolina. It's like, Carolina's like watching. It's like kissing your sister watching that, watching that team play. But, but you know, that's why I looked at it and. And the way they could get in to win that division, which is what they're going to do, they're playing great hockey. You play Carolina tomorrow night, Mike, and, and, and look out for look out because we won't see uh, the the other division until probably second round of the playoffs, and that's that's too mm-hmm. long to wait for to see Ovechkin or Sidney Crosby come in come in to Emily Arena to play against Lightning for in the Stanley Cup playoff game. But we got to get through our division, get through the regular season first, and get through the division, then we. Stick around the floor to be very, very interesting. Well, you, go, you know as well as I do, Tommy, that the Chiefs going to join us a little later in the show. It would be very interesting to see how he evaluates, uh, you know, halfway through the year where we are right now going into the, the home stretch. And, uh, uh, Mike, as you said, some good teams just aren't going to – just some good teams are going to be left right. out. That's all there is to it. Don, before you guys give me the boot, which I know is probably going to be coming up soon, I do want to mention the uh, U.S. women are in action tonight against uh, Argentina down in North Atlanta, and they're up or uh, in Orlando. They're up 4-0 over Argentina. What's re- if they can go uh, the distance and keep the, uh, the shutout, they will have conceded one goal of 2019. Mm, wow. That's fantastic. They haven't uh, by one the last fire conceded the goal was March to Japan, and that's the only goal they have conceded since the World Cup semifinals. That's amazing. Oh. The uh, Flyers, Mike, are up three uh, two over the Rangers with uh, eight oh four left in the second uh, period. Yeah, I just saw that as well. Yeah, Temple's doing a pretty good. He gave us uh, South Florida too, and uh, the last twelve minutes of this game. Uh, Temple's got a pretty handy lead, but I did, just did a very, very nice piece on John Shady. Uh, uh, I did not realize, uh, for one thing, that he uh, uh, was the first black coach to re- reach 700 wins. Uh, all the things we did our, our tributes to John uh, over the last well, few weeks that we talked about, that was a number that went by me. I didn't realize that uh, he was uh, the first one to get to 700 wins. And, but uh, ESPNU... Uh, did a very nice piece on John uh, during the course of this game as it goes on. Oh, very well deserved. Is that uh, is yeah. Todd Bowles going to be on tonight, Frank? No. No. Oh, he no, he's out of he's out of town. And, uh, from, we're trying to get a, we're trying to get a hold of Roger, but he's been out of town. And uh, Billy Wendell's trying to get him too. And uh, as soon as Billy gets a hold of him, he's going to call me, and we'll see if we can't hook up and uh, and get Todd on at that time. But he. We tried last week. He wasn't in town. He's still not back uh, as of uh, Tuesday. So we'll see what we can do with Todd. Well, you know, the man on vacation, he earned it. Oh, he did. You're right. No doubt. You know, um, since, Mike, we have you on, I mentioned this to Don last week uh, after the game. By the way, what they do now is they superimpose on the ice uh, what the next game is going to be on NBC or NBCSN on either side of each blue line. So, but uh, I was, I, this week I was telling Don the story 
I was watching high school basketball in New Jersey of the school where my kids went. Uh, they have a very good boys team this year. Not so much, not a, not a really good girls team. Okay. But the thing in New Jersey is, which I found very interesting, Don had not heard it. I don't know whether Tommy, Mike, and uh, Frank, you have seen it or knew about it. But in New mm-hmm. Jersey, in high school basketball, the officials do not touch the basketball during the game. No. Oh, they don't? Not at all. And what they do is, uh, the, uh, the, like, if there's a foul, the player that has the ball gives it to the guy that's, or, uh, that's going, or a girl, if that's the case, it's going to go to the foul line. Or if there's a, 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 a turnover, the, uh, he puts it on the, on the floor and rolls it over to the player to do the inbounds. The officials do not touch the ball, period. That's a, uh, that is a, uh, test, a test uh, program that they're doing. Uh, for high school ball, and and uh, it, it's going to, um, if it works out this year, it's going to be part of our our new rule book when it comes out uh, for twenty two. For all, wow. this is going to be true with football too, uh, Frank. Uh, no, the, I haven't seen the football officials uh, guide yet. Um, mm, those okay. the, those uh, assigners are going to meet uh, in two weeks, and they'll start. Uh, they're taking a look at it. I know that. But I don't know any further than that. Okay. Well, they expect uh, very sh- uh, shortly, uh, maybe when the uh, baseball season uh, opens, that they are going to start allowing to have fans in uh, in uh, well, Citizens Bank Park. Uh, initially, ten percent, and then probably by June it'll be um, uh, you know up much higher uh, because they expect to have so many people inoculated, like. Uh, I know, uh, uh, Don. When do you and Lane uh, get yours? Your second? I get my second. I get my second shot March the ninth. But your point is well taken, Roger, because Madison Square Garden, the Barclays Center, uh, tonight uh, allowed fans. Okay, there you go. And uh, so it, it's it's going to it's going to come up. Uh, they talked about it today. One of the things that uh, was discussed on the morning show today, getting back to what happened uh, to Tiger and, and Mike, I don't know whether you heard the uh, uh, first uh, half hour with Roy or not, but they, uh, this morning, uh, Angelo Cataldi took calls on people that have been in accidents where the car overturned. Um, I didn't call him, but it happened to me. I wasn't driving, uh, but I uh, was with my roommate when I was going through training in Rochester and it was Halloween of 1969 on the Northeast extension because a Volkswagen hit a deer and didn't stay there and didn't have flat, the flashers on. And we swerved the hit, missed the deer. And then we swerved to miss the uh, Volkswagen went up on the embankment. This was a brand new 69 GTO and it flipped. And I mean, I remember the sparks and, you know, as we were sliding on the uh, Northeast extension and, uh, well, the what happened is that uh, the Volkswagen hit a deer, like I said, and then we swerved and missed that and missed the Volkswagen, and uh, we they had to tow the car and we had to get a ride home with college kids. Mm-hmm. But I, we also had picked up a uh, a freshman at Niagara who was hitchhiking in and uh, Syracuse right there off of uh, 81, <laughs> and the, I made sure 
I mean, first of all, you're scared, okay? And granted, I was young, but you're you're very scared, and that's what the consensus was. You know, your life goes through your head as you're as you're uh, flipping over and everything. Uh, but uh, thank God, you know, Tiger is as as good a shape as he is. But it's something that you never ever forget. You can play it over exactly what happened, how it happened, and uh, but we were picked up by uh, college kids in a. Uh, one of those Volkswagen uh, uh, buses, and I had to had call my late wife to have her pick me up in Fort Washington, and she saw me getting out of this hippie bus, Volkswagen <laughs> bus, because <laughs> I had I had to call her from the uh, rest area on the Northeast Extension, you know, to the, let her know, and I'll never forget her face when she saw me getting out of that thing, because <laughs> she didn't know anything, but. It's very scary. If you've ever, any of you have ever been through it, uh, it's just amazing what, uh, you know, the, the effect it has on you. Sure. Well, thank exactly. God I've never been through it, but I'll tell you, I would, I, I give uh, all the credit in the world with the safety belts and uh, now with the harness and everything. I mean, uh, they do yep. their very, very best. If the car rolls, you got a chance. That's right. Exactly, exactly Don. All right, I remember I going, I'm going to take my leave of you. It's about my time to get ready to go to, uh, to, uh, to finish up for the night. So it's been a pleasure, and I will okay. catch up with you all again next week. Okay, are, you back school? are you back in school? Yeah, we are. We're going back full day in person on Monday. Monday. Good. Yeah, okay, they said good. they were going to prioritize teachers now for uh, getting this, the, uh, the virus shots, right? Yeah, I got my first one a couple of weeks over uh, President's Day weekend, and I'm due on the 13th good. to go back in. So, good, all right, uh, good. All right. Talk to you next week. You again. Great as always. Mike, have Thank a great you. week. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mike. You guys, you talk about accidents, right? Remember the old airport circle, Don? <laughs> oh, yeah. When I was a little kid, my mom was supposed to go pick my dad up on the, in the waterfront up there. She was going driving around and around. Like he stopped in the middle of the circle. Some guy smacked the, smacked into his car. It went driving a Thunderbird, and Thunderbird had the big, you know, the the big the big body thing. And this poor guy had no insurance. His car was crumbled up there, and we and we made it oh on John God. Carden's. We, we made it on the go Atlantic Atlantic Go Patrol that day. <laughs> so John that, that Carden was, was reporting. That's right. Where, was the Arkansas Gold Patrol. <laughs> yeah, Tommy, was that at the airport circle there at Penrose Avenue? It was on before Come you on. get on to Penrose Avenue. Yeah, it was, it was the, the, the old airport double. circle. Yeah. yeah, old airport circle. Remember, you, now you look at that that area now. Geez, Almighty! Remember, we had to, our main thoroughfare to go to the, the spectrum was going over the Penrose Avenue bridge. <laughs> was, right. Well, right. That was that was not a pretty sight. The Passyunk Avenue, that's the only way to get in the get in the city right now. So it's uh, the city has grown has grown up quite a quite a bit since the since the days of the airport circle. <laughs> so I wanna wanna well, throw I'll, that in for you guys. I'll I'll tell you what if uh, when you if you ever are up there and you go in the back uh, entrance uh to the uh, navy base, when you go down like where you would turn to what is that uh um uh, 25th, you know, remember where Channel 48 used to be? Yeah, um, yes, okay. But, yeah. It, 
yeah, and if you go instead of making a left, uh, you know, to go over towards the expressway to go into Philly, mm-hmm. go to the right and you go in the back end end of the old Navy base, but it's the Navy oh, Yard. Yes. That's where tasty. Yes. That's where tasty All cake right. is. Okay, boys, There's we got pres- we got Doug we got Doug Hamilton ready to go, and uh, Temple right now is leading fifty three thirty six with seven forty three to go in the second half. So. Looks like uh, everybody Key's going to get himself a win at South Philly, or at South Florida, I should say. And uh, Doug, welcome to the show once again. We spent a lot of time, uh, really the first half hour, talking about the tournament here at Concessions in Sarasota, and uh, many, many of the big players are here. We also talked uh, about your your idol, and that's uh, Tiger Woods. Uh, So there's a lot of golf conversation going on right now, and I know you have a thought or two about Tiger. Is he, Doug, is you there? Well, maybe we haven't got a hold of Doug hey, yet. Hey, Don, let he... me ask you a question yeah, before Doug's, Doug comes Doug's on. ready to go, Don. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let me, Don, let me ask you a quick question. Did you know that Fran Dunphy's the AD at Temple? Yes, I did. Uh, he was oh, put in on an yeah, he was put in on an interim basis uh, because they're waiting now for the new president. A uh, new president will be announced, I guess, shortly. Uh, they're going through a natural procedure, and uh, they did not want to hire a uh, an athletic director uh, and then have the new president come in and not uh, a new athletic director and so forth and not have the option to set up the, the athletic program the way they want. So uh, they elevated Fran Dumphy. They took him out of the classroom. <laughs> and made him the athletic director, uh, very rightfully so, uh, one of the great basketball coaches in the history of Philadelphia, and he's now the athletic director. Yes, Roger, and you're great, right. And a great person. Go ahead. Uh, have we got Doug? Yeah, he's here. He's here. Doug, how are you doing today? I'm present and accounted for. Yeah, we're getting well, an early good. start tonight. Doug, that's good. Well, yeah, they, they Frank pulled me off the bench. I was I was down doing my long tosses and getting ready for my my, my start here. And he said he said the, the original guy got the original guy got hurt. We need we need to get you going here. So I, I'm ready. <laughs> well, I, I said uh, prior prior to you being on, we did talk a lot of golf the first uh, mm-hmm. half hour, forty five minutes of the show because you know the concessions mm-hmm. is going on this week here in Sarasota. Sure. A lot of the top players are in town. But what took precedent over that was the fact of Tiger's uh, injury. And I know mm-hmm. you follow the golf channel and also sure. uh, ESPN very closely. You may have heard something since the show started that we were unaware of uh, from a mm-hmm. uh, medical standpoint or, or whatever. Uh, have you heard anything new? No, I don't believe um, that the overall narrative uh, based on his condition has, has changed. I mean, you know, we – um, we were all, you know, pretty aware of the fact that that he had been in a car accident, that he had sustained um, some pretty severe injuries, that he was lucky to be alive. Um, you know, obviously they're going to probably do their investigations, and you know, I think the the real, you know, difficult portion is I, I know that the the sports world in general, the golfing, you know, uh, centric uh, universe is praying for Tiger and, and certainly, you know, at 45 years old, this is a very um, difficult injury to sustain and um, having surgeries of screws and rods and, and those sorts of things, um, you know, placed in, 
uh, ankle, feet, leg, etc. Um, you know, obviously there's there's two things that I think are most disturbing. The first of which is, you know, I, I think people are less concerned about his health than they are the fact that can he play golf again. Um, and number two, um, the constant of the, the media, you know, wanting to know, is he going to be uh, charged with anything? Was there any drugs involved? Was there any alcohol involved? I mean, you know, why, why are we trying to make a story, you know, out of someone's injury as opposed to, the, you know, the real bottom line, which is, is the guy okay? And will he be able to play with his kids again? So I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, but I do think, in all honesty, maybe other fellows will, will disagree with me, but I think they've been very cautious so far. All the reports that I've uh, read or seen on TV, whether uh, one of the networks or whether the golf channel or sports channels, uh, they've been very, very cautious about only talking about the injuries and the severity of the injuries. They haven't really gone off into any tangents of speculation and, uh, you know, they went back and talked about other injuries and other accidents that he had, but never in association mm-hmm. with this accident, with this accident. So uh, I, I don't think anybody's really done that uh, to the best of my knowledge. Now, I don't know, I hear everything, but I, I don't think even the Twitter people, I don't think I'm mm-hmm. going crazy over this myself. Well, I, I think that today, you know, was was one of the questions that I saw. Uh, proposed on um, flipping through the channels, I believe it was it was you know omnipresent everywhere that you know is he going to be charged with anything, insinuating that you know um, there was something in him that caused this, i.e. drugs, alcohol, etc. Um, you know, I mean, we know that he's experienced some rough times in his past that he did you know get pulled over once before and he was on painkillers and. You know, he was at the bottom of the barrel for a while, um, you know, based on some personal choices and, and some injuries and, and those sorts of things. So, you know, I, I don't think that the two are, are, you know, related in any way. You know, I think the guy probably was going too fast in an area that he shouldn't have been and, you know, and, and, and had a problem there. So, you know, that's all I'm saying is that I think, I think the media is trying to make something out of it. Don, it's all I can say. At Everything 4.30 this afternoon, heard, yes. 4:30 this afternoon ahead, uh, Sheriff Bill Villanueva uh, issued a, a, a press release that there were no drugs and there was no alcohol involved in the, in the thing. The whole accident was due to his excessive speeding on a road he had no idea how winding it was. And right. he, they knew he was speeding because he almost hit somebody. He had evidently had a... Had a um, Interview with with uh, somebody, uh, one of his sponsors, mm-hmm. and he was very mm-hmm. upset afterwards. When he got in the car, he almost hit one of the people that were filming the thing on the way out. Mm-hmm. And he was at, traveling at a very high rate of speed, and mm-hmm. uh, hit the median, uh, went across, careened into a, a tree, and then rolled. Mm-hmm. Frank, yeah, what that's... I had heard, he almost hit the person in the parking lot. Uh, when right. he left right. before he went out and hit the road and what you said right. about the road. But, Doug, I have to say I never heard anything other than he was uh, did not have alcohol and it was not on, he was not on drugs. There was no indication of that at all. Mm-hmm. Now, right. when people bring that up, all you got to do is go back a couple of weeks around the Super Bowl when Andy Reid's son uh, hit mm-hmm. that uh, car 
and the five-year-old was in the hospital. I think the, the five-year-old's out of a coma. That is why mm-hmm. the first thing that comes up today when you have something like that is because of the situation like two weeks ago and many others. Well, I mean, that's, you know, the, the, the culture we live in now, if you've been following, is that, what is it, uh, the cancel culture where, you know, people are always so quick to, you know, somebody, you know, a, a sponsor, a, a product, uh, something says the wrong thing, and, and all of a sudden they're, they're immediately canceled. And I, I, I just truly believe that the, the world we live in is so unforgiving uh, as they look at people and try to find something wrong with them. Um, like I said, the, you know, I mean, are we really concerned with the fact that he, you know, is never going to play golf again potentially versus, you know, can, can he, can he heal from this? Um, you know, the wounds, the wounds that he sustained were open wounds. I mean, is this going to incur any level of infection that could, you know, be a potential problem for him? Um, you know, loss of loss of leg, loss of foot, loss of whatever. Um, you know, as opposed to making another birdie. I don't know. I mean, but I, I just think we're out of whack with our, you know, with our thoughts there. Well, I think we had uh, somebody earlier on said basically just exactly what Freud said that uh, he was going sixty in a forty-five mile uh, an hour area, and there was a sharp curve there that obviously not being familiar with the road, uh, that that was what had. Uh, primarily caused the accident. That's what, uh, mm-hmm. as you just said, Frank, I think that's pretty much what it was, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he going well, to meet the Drew Brees and the quarterback for the Chargers, Herbert? Herbert. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's what I thought, like a photo op and everything. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you something, uh, uh, because I know Frank, uh, Tommy, and Don, Don and I were there the day that they had happened, covering the game. Uh Don, you remember when Ron Howard's uh, wife hit the car? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. He was the PR director for the Eagles, and it was an Eagles. Uh, you remember that, Frank? Yes, sir. Yeah, the guy was driving. His wife was driving home after the game. That, that was right. what it was, right? Uh, he was yeah. still working uh, as the PR yeah. director of the Philadelphia Eagles. He was still at the ballpark. His wife had left the ballpark to drive home early. That's when that happened. Well, I'll tell you, I always uh, like Ron Byrne a lot, okay? And I'll never forget what he said to me when she had to go to jail, as I recall. And uh, I, he said to me, you know, he said it was it's a tragedy. And this is months later. He and I were talking about it. And he said, you know, it, it was a real tragedy. But he said, I just didn't think it was the story to lead off the action news at 11. And I thought oh, that was, you know, that was a good point. There you go. Just what you're saying, Doug. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's a celebrity, okay? Right. You, you don't do that. It's terrible. Well, that's the way they meet these guys. You know, they grow up to that stuff. Oh, they yeah, do. Tommy, that's the, that's a very, that's a, that's a, America we live in. I mean, right. you know, they're not know, concerned yeah. necessarily about news. They're concerned about sensationalism. And, and uh, you know, it's much more sensational to say that his wife had uh, uh, hit, killed somebody on the road than it was to say that, you know, the city council is going to meet tomorrow to find out whether there's any money left in the treasury. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
But you gotta have passion well, for passion for the person who got in the accident, Ron Howard's wife, or you know whatever happened. You got a passion, but that's the news media today. They want to go after the number yeah. one story. Mm-hmm. I remember Tom, one day. Hmm? Go ahead, Tom, that? Sorry, I was. Well, I remember one when time. Tom, your question on golf. Okay. Okay. Fire. I was. I was going to do another thing up here. This is, you know, this is a another situation. Remember Steve Owen, the pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. Now he died in a boater, motor along with Cruz. He died in a, an accident, boating accident. So, and I knew Steve. He, I mm-hmm. played golf when I was in Cleveland, and good golfer by the way. When I heard about that, I hurried over to Winter Haven from Dunedin, and here was a walking out. Walking out of the church, I was really upset, guys. I was crying. And here's the news media coming after me. What did you think about the services? I said, this guy, the top guy in Cleveland, uh, Casey, this is, a, this is the effing funeral. Leave me alone. And I, was, I walked out with mm-hmm. like Tommy was I mean, it's the same situation now. Now, the golf question for you, Doug. What about, mm-hmm. you know, what about um, the, the, the northern, what about these, People coming down here in, in, the, in the Florida up there, you know, mm-hmm. what, what would you tell them before they left the north? Just try to hit a bucket of balls first, or just <laughs> you just go in the course and do it cold? Because <laughs> if they do well, it cold, they're going to be out there all day. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, mo- most of the people um, in the north have probably um, already ventured down into the south, so they're probably already good and loose. Um, in fact, it's probably going to be when we're at the end of. End of February, I would say most Northerners that go south come back probably mid to late April-ish um, to kind of get the right. season going up here. So we're, you know, um, standard protocols. I mean, you know, gosh, it hasn't been that long, you know, for me in terms of being removed from uh, the mm-hmm. season. But t- but typically in the north here, it's this is a great downtime period for golf professionals to recharge their batteries and you know, the big sensation now is the, uh, you know, the advent of, of indoor golf and, and simulators and, you know, technology uh, so that, you know, people don't have to travel down south, but they can do it indoors exactly. now. I mean, there's some fabulous choices um, for golf simulators. I mean, you can literally be, um, you know, in a facility that you could be playing, you know, the old course. You could, play, I mean, there's so many options uh, from the computer and technology and, you know, they use, um, you know, kind of good technology that catches the ball flight, and you can get some really wonderful numbers, um, you know, off of off of it that do detail, side spin, distance, roll, I mean, all those sorts mm-hmm. of things. The, the simulator aspect is a little goofy when it comes to chipping and putting, depending on what model you have, but you can get some really good ones that, um, that are, that are a little more accurate in that, in that sense. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people are, uh, I mean, a lot of the former members I had had their own simulators in their house. I mean, they can cost upwards mm. of, you know, 30, 40 grand, if you, you know, depending on how you do oh. it. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great way to, to generate revenue for a lot of clubs during the winter. And uh, members seem to like it in terms of the, the laid back style, if you will, of, of the game, they can drink some beers and carry on and, and do their thing and gamble right. and, and have a good time doing it, you know? So um, <laughs> I think that's kind of the way of the world. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of people in in uh, you know years past would take the winters off to do different things. You know, I've always been a bit big advocate of um, you know assessing your game and, and your body and, and mm-hmm. some of your 
routines during the winter to, you know, make preparations for the upcoming season. Um, you know, whether it's filling gaps in your set, getting a new club in particular, um, you know, trying a new fitness routine to be as flexible, maybe you're gaining a little strength, you know, changing up your diet, um, you know, just mm-hmm. different things that you can do during the winter that keep you sharp uh, for the upcoming season. Talk about, for a minute. Talk about uh, your Ravens because uh, we talked a uh, half hour ago anyway about what's happening in mm-hmm. Washington and uh, what's happening in the quarterback situation and the fact mm-hmm. that uh, they're projecting that 18 teams may be changing quarterbacks uh, this year right. before the season gets underway. Baltimore doesn't mm-hmm. have to worry about that. they got a quarterback going right. there a long time. But what else is new in Baltimore? Um, you know, I think that um, the Ravens have always spent money fairly wisely in terms of, um, you know, retaining free agents uh, and or letting them go uh, because they were out of their price range. And I think you'll see um, some unfortunate departures this year with, uh, with the Ravens uh, not being able to afford. I mean, they're – Depending on the actual, I think the salary cap was was just recently uh, released at about 180 million dollars ish. Um, I think that puts the Ravens uh, before any moves they make probably around twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars under the cap, uh, which which doesn't really present itself as a sustainable number to uh, test the free agent market in terms of a big splash. Uh, but you know, more likely to keep uh, some of the role and key. You know, special teamers, uh, Gus Edwards type, you know, backup running backs, et cetera, that, that played a significant role. Um, you know, I think that Matthew Judon was one of their better edge rushers that's out of their price range. He's probably going to cash in on the free agent market. Um, Yannick Ngakwe, who they, they had traded a couple draft picks, at least a third and I think a fifth or something for. Um, I don't believe that he panned out as well as they thought he would in terms of a pass rushing presence. And I don't know that they're going to try to resign him. Um, I think in-house, I think they have to probably take a look at some of their um, top-end contracts. Calais Campbell and, and Ronnie Stanley, Stanley, most notably, were, you know, in that 15-ish million dollars per year range, which I think is a little bit too much. Um, so if they can maybe rework some deals and extend some people or move some monies around and free up some space, I think they um, – probably have some targets i mean they've always drafted well but but i think that um they have the nucleus of a really solid you know offense um they need a little help on defense which i think again i think they can probably fill some of their needs in the draft um but but they're also going to have to spend some money to to go get a few people and they talked about a wide receiver um i know that the uh right tackle um orlando brown is a little upset because he thinks he should be playing left tackle um you know, I don't know. There's the same questions I think that each, each team would have each year with with moves that they should make or not not make or or people they need to keep happy. So I mean, I think there's still room for optimism, but I but I think that um, you know last year was a good season. I I, I really thought that um, they had a chance to beat Buffalo. Um, you know, but there's still a couple of key components I think away, and and I think that was on the defensive side of the football. Roger? Yeah, I have a uh, golf question. Uh, I heard a mm-hmm. commercial yesterday or today before um, about uh, in Orlando, and Tommy and Frank and Don, you may know all about this. Uh, there's going to be what they call a club tournament where uh, mm-hmm. you have a team from your local golf club 
that sum- submits an application, um, and I believe it, uh, it's what uh, is it May or uh, is it later? Uh, but it's it's in Orlando. Had you heard anything about this? No, I mean, you know, the, over the course of time, I know that um, like Oldsmobile had done the. It was like a, a, a it was a golf professional and four members. It was a five person scramble, and they had local tournaments uh, that you qualified, and if if you won the local aspect, then you know you move to whatever the the regional and then if you move you know then you move to the national so they had kind of country countrywide tournaments um of that nature it was called the Oldsmobile scramble and then over the course of time they've done different things um associated with that concept i think to um you know get different people involved i mean your your Oldsmobile scramble team had to have uh, four amateur golfers on it that had mm-hmm. handicaps in specific ranges and, and those sorts of things, which everybody always cheated anyway, um, to, to play with their handicaps. Um, but I mean, I, I guess that's the concept you're talking about just on a, a different level in terms of the actual inner workings of it. Yeah. Well, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's just for golfers the way from the way mm-hmm. I interpret and, um, yeah. and you know, from like XYZ country club, uh, you mm-hmm. submit, uh, you know, your, maybe your, your top, for golfers, uh, members of the club, if they want to mm-hmm. be on the team, and, and you send in an application, uh, I gave the mm-hmm. address and, uh, or the email, whatever. But you know, yeah. I mean, you guys are the club. Did you hear about that, Don? At the, in your clubs? Mm. Is Don with us? I'm here. Is Jason? Uh, oh <laughs> no, I had. I asked. I was asking a question about this. Oh, I, I, was, I just, I just checking the uh, final score. Temple wins by eighteen. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I, I heard this uh, ad I mentioned, Don, that there's going to be what they call a uh, a club tournament. Uh, yeah, I heard. Where, I heard. I heard all that. I heard all that. You were okay. asked Doug about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, is your uh, are are you the, are your clubs are they uh, promoting something like this? For guys to, not, that uh, I, not that I know of. I'll, I will ask. Uh, I'm playing tomorrow, but I'm playing Thursday. Uh, I mean Friday. So uh, uh, I'll ask, but I have not heard of anything of that nature uh, as of now. Mm-hmm. Well, be, what, I, like, I think that'd be fun. To, that'd be fun to do play play that tournament up there for the club members. I remember Roger, Don, and Frank and. And Doug, they had something back in Philadelphia, the inner clubs for the private clubs up there, so they get to play mm-hmm. each other. And I remember yeah. one time I had to go against Jay Siegel. Back then, Doug, <laughs> I was in the ball. I was in the ball good, and he got a point for the front side, point for the back, and point overall. So I was lucky mm-hmm. to set that one day. I got Jay, Jay Siegel on a bad day, so I got one point off him. <laughs> we, we were the second day is a shutout. So yeah, they, well, most most of the clubs have uh, inner club matches. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, they do. Whether it's the women or the men, uh, that well, pretty much is a standard procedure. Yeah, Tom, Tommy, you're talking about the Golf Association of Philadelphia, the GAP. They do. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, we we have one in the Baltimore, Washington area, which is basically like a, the NCAA 64 team bracket. You know, hmm. if you're a if you're a, a, a country club and you want to participate, you mail your dues in um, right. about this time of year. And then usually the matches start sometime early April. Um, and they just, they draw their brackets. Uh, usually there's a Baltimore bracket and a Washington bracket. 
and mm-hmm. the winners of those two sides will face off uh, sometime late April, early May, um, as you work your way through the, the thing. But it's an interclub concept that you uh, get your draw and you wind up playing another club and you, you feel that it's one right. golf professional and 11 members and you have a, it's like a home mm-hmm. and home. You play home and away, um, you know, to, in that Nassau side that you, that you just mentioned, point for the front, point for the back and, and point total. Right. But it's, they're two, they're two man teams instead of just singles. Um, mm. But those, those are, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, golf associations across the country have, uh, you know, similar setups to that. And, you know, we've talked about different initiatives of the PGA over the course of time. I mean, the the PGA Junior League is is huge, and you know, they're kind of taking a page out of um, you know little league, you know, baseball in terms of fielding teams and making it fun. Um, they have a family aspect uh, to that same concept. They have, you know, kind of a, a Mr. Or Mrs. or husband wife, or you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. initiative here I think is to get more people involved in a you know, uh, less serious, um, you know, kind of a scenario to have them play golf and enjoy the game and, and make it kind of a league, kind of a scenario where you can guarantee um, certain amounts of revenue over the course of time in a season aspect to it um, to promote the game in, in more of a fun style in, in terms of that versus a competitive style. I mean, you know, there's always going to be things listed that are competitive, whether it's your club championship or those sorts of things, but the PGA has kind of scaled back, I think, a lot on, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the more serious concepts of the game and, and trying to make it more fun and more wide-reaching in terms of involving uh, different skill levels, um, kids, um, you know, families, et cetera, to, to make the game more fun. And I, and I think that's smart. And, you know, you look at your top golf and, and some of these type of, of, of concepts that are, you know, kind of indoctrinating people to the game, you know, in a, you know, a food setting, Hey, let's go have a bite to eat. No, by the way, here's some golf clubs and some giant targets. And, you know, you know, we're going to just try to hit something forward and, and see if we can make it into the, one of the buckets or, you know, whatever. I mean, just to, to make the game more fun for people. So I'll tell you, we're in a, we're, we're in a, a very unusual situation at Sarasota. So three weeks ago we had uh all the major college teams down here playing a tournament for four days, uh, and uh, it was very, very, uh, very, very competitive and, and, a, and a lot of fun. And last mm-hmm. week uh, they had a uh, a secondary PGA tournament uh, at one of the clubs here, uh, and, and of course the PGAs this week we said the concessions, but this is the next step down, and they were very successful with that one two uh, week ago. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, we've we've had a stride, at least in Sarasota mm-hmm. in the area. Uh, now we have a lot of different clubs. A lot of people are playing, and uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately for everybody, the college youngsters as well as the as the, the pros, uh, you know, it's those spectators. I mean, very very few yeah. spectators at anything. Just the very mm-hmm. strong media. That's it. Yep. Well, I mean, we know that that's likely to change as we continue to get people vaccinated and um, right. know, things start to, to relent a little bit. I mean, you're you're going to see people come back to uh, sporting yes. events and, and those sorts of things um, in due time. I just, you know, obviously, you know, we've muddled through, you know, a year plus of this. So um, I think we're all pretty, um, you know, aware of the procedures and, and, you know, the maskings and the washings of hands and all these sorts of things that, uh, continue to make us safe. And I think you're seeing a lot of the 
infection rates and, and transmissions, uh, you know, drop rapidly um, as people are starting to, to follow the directions here. So, I mean, it's only a matter of time and we'll get, we'll get people back. I mean, and I think golf again presents itself as a wonderful opportunity because you can space yourself and you're outdoors. I mean, I think it's going to be one of the first yep. places that people come back to. Two things, two things, Roger, uh, Ranger just scored his flyers four, three right now. And uh, I think about yeah, 16 minutes ago. That. Yeah. And the other thing is uh, you mentioned uh, before Doug came on and maybe you go back over that. Uh, you were talking about what they think may be a loss of, I think you, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 10%. Uh, of the audience was going to be uh, the actual audience was going to be cut because of what's happened. Yeah, well, the, the uh, what they're talking about is that, uh, uh, the, and the city of Philadelphia said they had to get the approval from the state, but they would start with uh, 10% of the stadium or arena capacity uh, to start, and that would be pretty quick. And then, no, uh, they uh, Roger, build. I'm talking about the, the the viewing, the viewing of the actual viewing of the game. Oh, well, it, that, that's what that's what Pat Kerwin predicted on uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio, and he's a former general manager of the Nets. He's on every day. He's tremendous. Had written a book, DVD. He said his prediction is that the NFL will lose uh, each team will lose 10 percent uh, of uh, of their season tickets. Uh, holders, they will not uh, mm-hmm. pay their money uh, to go back and and uh, watch it when they can stay home and watch it uh, mm-hmm. for you know a variety of reasons. They've uh, uh, they found that they can do other things uh, on on Sundays and game day, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yep, and I think I think it's good gonna, actually. It'll be interesting to see what actually happens because uh, you know a lot of people. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I do not think, you know, I, I watch golf all the time. I don't think it makes any difference whether there are people there or not, although you'd like no. to see somebody there, for instance, last weekend on the 18th hole uh, or the playoffs and, and uh, some type of reaction from fans. But I'll tell you, I, I, I think it takes a lot of weight. I, I had a tough time watching baseball last year. I had a tough time oh, watching football. You. With, you know, I watch, I'd watch the teams that we know all of, but I had a very tough time watching games with nobody there. Mm-hmm. Well, it was it's also a, a season two, Don, and I know you were against that from the beginning, but I think this year it'll be a lot different. They're having a, a, a spring training. Uh, they'll, you know, there'll be fans that will be in the ballpark, and and who's to say by the end of the season, uh, you know, because of the vaccine and everything, you may have uh, a full capacity at ballparks with masks. Who knows? I certainly hope so. Well, I yeah. think Roger, I, 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 Roger, I think you're going to be looking at 50% maximum, 50%. Yeah. yeah. That's right. You think that's well, as high as we'll get, Frank? I think it'll be higher than that, Frank, by the fall. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. I'm hoping, but I, yeah, I, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with like you, Frank. Know. I'm with you, buddy. I don't know that I, I see that. I mean, you know, think about all the, the, the regular business people who are going to be working right. remotely for, you know, entirely. You know what I mean? It's, you know, retail office space and, and the way that we used to conduct business. Uh, we have all these mm-hmm. virtual, you know, Zooms and, hell, you can go to the right. – you can see your doctor, you know, over a computer. Um, you know, so I think you're going to have an awful lot of people, um, you know, as Roger mentioned, that, 
I mean, why in the heck would I leave my house if I can watch it on a, a gigantic TV here, grab a beer or a hot dog whenever I want to, go to the bathroom, I don't have to fight the crowd, I don't have to park, I don't have to pay for anything. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, it, well, I think the other thing, I think the other thing we have to take into consideration, we were talking about uh, Buzzes earlier, whether he be going to be buying the Washington Redskins or Washington football team, or participating in buying it, whether it be it's a whole club or a share of the club or whatever. But, uh, I, you know, people like that are making millions and millions and millions of dollars. But I want to mm-hmm. tell you, if you look at I get to post every day. If you look at the stores and what's happened to the city of New York, I mean, the average guy, how's he going to pay 50 60 70 $100, $200 to go see a ball game? I mean, he, he's mm-hmm. trying to find something to eat. That doesn't make sense yeah, to me. So. That, you know, it's not, it's not great you know. to talk about all these guys that are making billions and billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Talk about the guy that's trying to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Make games look terrible. at Exodus out of New York. I mean, because, uh, you know, the stores, no, no. Well, you talked about your son going to New York, JC, or JD, going to New York, and there, he wants to see shows, but there's no shows. No, mm-hmm. then there's not going to They originally scheduled Hamilton for September. They've already canceled that. That's I think now they're talking about maybe next January or February, and that's still very mm-hmm. speculative. There's there's no Broadway. Mm-hmm. They are going to open the movie theaters. They said uh, the post today. Uh, they are going to open the movie theaters next month. Now, how successful they'll be with that, I can't tell you. And mm-hmm. how many people, you know, what's the ratio of people they're going to allow in? I don't know that either. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one to do. New York. I know in Spring Hill, you know, it's a Spring Hill, Florida. They got the movie theater open. They, you know, they got the theater open. Everybody's going to the movies and restaurants are open here. But Doug, you know, once this, once this first began, Fernando Oaks did a great thing. Before you went on to play golf, they check your temperature and also they they sterilize the golf cart. They one person mm-hmm. per cart. And that yep. was it, 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 that was that's I, I found I got the, when you go to other courses around here, they don't do any of that stuff. But it's sterilized. You know, the cart guy sterilized everything before you even went out. You were mm-hmm. six mm-hmm. got to realize that we've got a governor in Florida who, from the very beginning, yes. did not see, did not make it mandatory that people wear masks. He made it individually. They're individual decisions. And he yes. did close mm-hmm. everything up. Almost every other state closed everything up. Florida mm-hmm. didn't close everything up. They mm-hmm. let spring break run without closing it up. They, they've done a lot of things. You know, you go downtown here and uh, go into the bars, and, and you know, there's many, mm-hmm. many people don't wear masks. Those, those social distancing, nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, thing in Georgia, Don, uh, the uh, there's social distancing and uh, masks. Uh, but it's the you can go into convenience stores, QT, wherever. You don't have to wear a mask. I see so many people. The classic was there was a woman, I assume a teacher, probably uh, maybe 60, and she's with a younger woman, and they're getting copies at Office Max yesterday, and the uh, older woman, no mask. And I said to Ooh. the young man uh, that took care of me uh, after she left, I said, I don't know. Because he had a mask on, I had a mask on, you know, and they had the plastic mm-hmm. shield and everything you know, at checkout. And I said, I don't know if that woman didn't realize she, or did not realize she did not have a mask on, 
or if she was sending a message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's tough. No, you know, no, no, I, I just think, I, 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 just I, think that, I think it should be mandatory. I just think that you should, if you work yeah. for the city, the state, the county, the federal government, if you're going to go to work, I think it should be mandatory that you have to wear a mask. I, I, don't, I don't think mm-hmm. you, you, you can't let, leave it up to the discretion of people. Holy smokes, they're trying to kill this thing. They're not trying to spread it. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I agree. And, uh, I agree. A lot of people were under the, under the mistaken uh, uh, thought that if they got the shot, they didn't have to wear the mask. That is 100% right. wrong. If you That's get right. You can be a carrier. You can't get it, but you'll be a carrier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and right, once, they, once you yeah. do get the shot, they want to take your plasma. But I'm not giving my TV up for nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I got the shots already. Thank, thank I think God it, for it, that. after the second shot, Frank, isn't it three weeks? And then uh, yeah. you don't have to worry about it, but you should still wear so a it mask. It depends on which brand, Roger. It depends on which brand. You still have to wear your mask. You Even if you exactly. go into Wawa down here or or the Publix or any of that, you have to wear a mask. Um, that should there, be. Yeah, there is exactly a right. There is a fine. It is a, it's one hundred fifty dollars for the first one. It's two fifty for the second. It's five hundred, and then goes to, to uh, fifteen hundred if you got a fourth one. Uh, and if you want to take that chance, that's fine. Uh, depending on on uh, what the officer may want to do if he's there. Frank, um, I'd like to see how many of those have been enforced. I'd like to. How many do you think have been enforced? Uh, well. It's, it is on the books, Don, and it's to the. I'm not the saying it's not on the books. I'm saying I'm just somebody saying are being enforced. We've mm-hmm. given the discretion to the deputy uh, when he's there. Uh, we we suggest that they tell him uh, and don't write him, but uh, it's coming to a point mm-hmm. where we're going to have to write him. Mm-hmm. Well, Frank, in, in Georgia, it's it's uh, there's there's places that require it, like QT does not. Okay, and yet Publix does, but then Publix mm-hmm. has a, a, a container there, box, right. that, uh, right. or you go to customer service. I'm sorry, Office Max has a box of the uh, uh, mask, so you just get mm-hmm. one you, if you forgot to walk in with one. Because I've done that once or twice, and at Publix, sure. if mm-hmm. you forget, you just go to customer service and they give you a mask right. if you forgot, right. it, you know, yeah. and. And I have like four ma- four masks, or actually more, because I got some new ones of the what is it, the N eighty five or N ninety five, and that's what I've been wearing. But uh, you know, I I think it's ridiculous not to wear one. But this woman uh, w- mm. was like turning around, looking at me, and I stayed away from her. And I just think mm-hmm. she was like putting on a show, uh, trying to send a message. I'm not going to wear a mask. Well, the same thing with teachers. Now, they're opening the schools up. Well, they've been open down here a little bit longer, but uh, they're opening the schools up uh, at different stages across the country. Now, how can you have a teacher in there and, and uh, you want the kids to wear masks, you want to be protected, and the teacher doesn't do it? I mean, that doesn't make sense. Well, that's true. And the teachers here in Georgia uh, were a, a group inoculated uh, like a month ago. They've already had their second shots done. Mm-hmm. But as I said just a minute ago, because you you still are a carrier, you could 
Even oh. though you've had your shot, you're not going to get it, but you're going to carry it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. How are you going to carry it if you if it's after the three weeks of the second shot? Your carrier, if if you have it. Yeah. Am I? Oh, this am I wrong it, about it's a, this? Hey guys, can we? You guys, Frank just said tick tick tock. We're up against the clock again, so. Great show. Okay. This First week. of all, let me say, let me just say thank you to Doug for jumping in early for for us tonight. Uh, really appreciate that, Doug. Thank you very very much. Yeah, man. Hope we have some good news next week. We'll talk to you yeah. next week as well. Tommy, take it away. Frank, great job. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Tommy, is are you uh, working with uh, Leo on uh, the fish fry this year? No, I don't think they haven't called me yet. So, I mean, that's uh, no fire in a hole. <laughs> I always enjoy that uh, conversation on Wednesday night after the fish fry. Take care. Well, Have good. a great week. Thank you, Roger. <laughs> thank you thank you for our legends coming on. Mr. Roger Hendler up in Atlanta. Got Mr. Don Henderson down here in Sarasota slash New Jersey. I'd like to thank Roy Cummins for coming on and also Mike Simzak and also Doug Hamilton for coming on. Frank? Great job, as always. I just email information for the Lightning for you, so you should get popped up in the email. If not, just give me a call. Great job, okay. as always, Frank. For my family, your family, have a very safe weekend. People, when you're six feet apart, and wear your mask, please, people. We want to have we want to, we want a great show next week for you to listen to. So, Frank, take it away. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and men and women police and fire services. When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please take the time to let them know you know they're there. These are very, very difficult times for men and women in uniform. These programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yaswitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Onofo Crispin, Lakeland PD. Chief Al Hogle, Longville Key Police Department. Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Uh, Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Germain, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department. Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Ballard, Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Islands County Sheriff's Department, Clay County Sheriff's Depart- Sheriff uh, uh, Clay Zerber, uh, Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Dep- Deputy Rod- April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department. <clears throat> Officer Bob McKetchen, um, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, uh, Florida Highway Patrol. Sergeant Brian Levine, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. And Sergeant Mike Malik, 
Pasco uh, County Sheriff's uh, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, though you may be 10-7 at this point in time, and sometime we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the hallow of his hands. Good night, God bless, and have a great week. Thank you.